Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 183rd episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast, a weekly podcast serving up the tastiest slices of video game and pop culture infotainment delivered right into your ears in 30 minutes or less, or it's free. I am your not-so-humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere, Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me today, firstly, my trusted co-host, co-pilot, star of Bioware spin-off, Sass Effect. Find her all over the internet, at Miss Allie Hart. Miss Allie Hart, and rounding out the crew today, a very special guest from the US of A, a man out there representing for all the dad bods out here. He can be found at the casino, hosting the Dad's Beards Nerds podcast, or online via at Dad Bods Plays. Miss Anthony Florida, welcome to the Hungry Gamers, man. It's a pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Um, thank you for for working with my, my my time zone as well. I appreciate that. And I just thank you for making an amazing podcast. Ah. We do what we can. We do what we can. And truth be told, I think I'm the outlier yeah. these days on the podcast scheduling. So uh, the the mutiny is coming thick and fast from these Americans and new Americans. So I have to yield and get up. Uh, been awake since seven o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, which is blasphemy. Yikes! Uh, old Brendan would be slapping me around the face right about now. But you know, got to risk it to get the biscuit, as they say. And here we are, two Americans and an Australian talking games on a weekend. Uh, Can't get any better. I am not an American, though. No, we claim you now. You're on your way. We claimed you now. You're ours. (laughs) You've got that firm (laughs) red, white, and blue grasp on you. These colors don't bleed. Don't tread on me. Okay? Technically, Australian (laughs) colors, though. Our flag has the same colors. She's drinking Coors Light and dipping Chew. We got her, boys. (laughs) 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 No Marmite over here. No. Marmite? What what, what brand of skull is that? (laughs) So I, I guess we should uh, hand over the floor to you first, good sir, just to give us a little bit of a, a background story. Give us the elevator pitch. Tell us tell us about what you're doing over there on the West Coast. Uh, where can people find you? What's, uh, what's, what's some of those uh, benefits of hunting you down on the socials or on Twitch or just listening to that podcast in the audio form? Give us, uh, give us the story. First and foremost, my name is Anthony, a.k.a. Dabod Plays. I am a Twitch streamer, podcast creator, dad husband and full-time uh slave to the casino which i actually love working in a casino so slave to the casino it's more like indentured servant to the casino um so basically yeah i i stream a lot uh the podcast is really my main focus my uh my stream is something where i it, it's really sporadic based off of my schedule i mean when you've got three kids a wife a full-time job and you work grave shift it's a little hard to keep that consistency on a tight mm. schedule just you know with working a grave shift you're gonna be you're going to have one sleep schedule for maybe a week or two. And then all of a sudden something's going to change. You're going to have to stay up a little later and it just screws that whole sleep schedule up. So basically it's kind of whenever I do it, I try to keep a consistency, but realistically there's no consistency. <laughs> yeah. If I'm being honest. Well, 
consistently inconsistent is still a thing. Uh, we, we do that here with some of our content, so don't feel bad. Mm. You know, People still keep turning up. Maybe they've got nothing else to do on a Monday but listen to this podcast. But, mate, we love our listeners. And no doubt uh, you've got a pretty loyal fan base out there too with that brand of zaniness energy that you are delivering on that pod and in streams and on your social hot takes and your little video clips, mate. You've got energy for days. It is ridiculous considering you've got three kids, you're working full-time, you've got the wife, you've got life, and yet here you are shunning Ali and I as far as energy levels. We're in the corner over here <laughs> trying to find a couple of kilojoules, and you are just <laughs> beaming across the internet right now. I'm always full of energy, and just imagine how much energy my three children have as well. Like They've got oh, my, they're my little uh, energizer batteries, so... Yeah, well, I mean, I've always ha- I've always been super high energy, super loud, super uh, like just wild. I guess I was very much raised in a family where it was okay to be really weird, and I guess this is my brand of weird, you know. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. There's no novelty and normality, as they say, and mm. um, it's it's good to be yourself, whether it be loud or eccentric or mixture of everything, mate. The the weirder the better, I think, out there this day and age. Oh yeah. Yes. As long as you're nothing like Logan Paul, because if that's the case. Piss off. <laughs> Let's, uh, Wait, it's not okay to film dead bodies? <laughs> no, no. And just be general. Shit, I've got a whole... smokers like those guys. I've got a whole folder on my computer I got to get rid of then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get 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 the drill out and uh, straight through the hard drive. Just brrr, punch oh, a hole through it. have to get rid of this. If, uh, if Mr. Robot taught me anything, that's the best way to I was um, going to ask how data. you knew that. <laughs> Hacker man. What have you done? Yeah, uh, many things, many things that we will never speak of on this podcast, but we can speak of is what we've been up to this past week, talk about what we've been playing, maybe we'll throw it over to our our guest co-host here, playing a game that is very near and dear to especially Miss Allie Hartheart here, Division 2. Yes, so... Tell me. The Division 2 will be releasing its next uh, DLC on March 3rd, so what I did, and not to mention the game is $3 right now, I believe it's still $3 on all consoles, which is a fucking still for this game, so if yeah. you haven't played it, or never played it, or want to play it, this is the best time to buy it, because $3 for the Vision is bonkers, I paid $100 for it at launch, um, got a little burned though, because... I bought the gold edition thinking that it came with all the paid DLC, but realistically, I only, I paid the, an extra $40 to get the game three days early and some skins. <laughs> so I was a little, I, I'm still a little butthurt about that, uh, but you know, a little bit of that's, a little bit of that is on me. I should have read the fine print, but the reason why I've been so hard on the division, hard on, uh, the division, uh, this week in general and last week is because we got the DLC coming out on March 3rd where we're going back to New York, which is awesome because the first game took place in New York. So I, I said, well, I'm going to power level and just get it going. And I did. I'm at world tier four right now. There's five world tiers in the main game. So I'll probably, when I stream again, we'll be playing it, hit world tier five and then work on hitting max gear score. There's a lot of nerdy stuff that people probably don't care about, but it's so exciting because then it becomes a game of percentages, um, which is fun and i never thought it would be that fun but for whatever reason it clicks but uh, i'm realistically just waiting to hop in that dlc and what i really want from them from massive games so if you're listening is put a goddamn survival mode in this game because survival mode in the first game was one of the most amazing bonkers game modes that i've ever played and i fucking loved it it got hands down at least 40 hours from me and uh, I really want that survival mode, so I'm hoping they announce it because there's no way they're going to do it in the first game and then not do it in the second game because if they don't, well, I'll cry. <laughs> mm. You could cry tears of joy, though, because that, I know that this new update in the DLC is bringing what they're calling an infinite progression system. So 
once you hit that 40 cap, you can still keep improving your stats, which is something that I guess will keep those diehard agents returning again and again as they try and uh, take down the scum of New York while uh, trying to get a nice fat piece of pie over there. Yeah, it de- definitely seems like they're taking bo- uh, Borderlands Metal System. Well, it was Borderlands 2, it was the Metal System, but in number three, I don't know what it's called, but basically where you've, you've got those badass points and you can put them into whatever and you're still continuously like gaining not necessarily stats but you're getting like you know percentage upgrades and in little little boosts like borderlands does which is really smart especially for those players who are who are consistently staying with the game and not leaving so now you're going to go up against people in the pvp mode which hopefully they max them all out a certain stat just like in pokemon if we do online battles everyone's at level 50 so because if they don't you're going to get some guys in i think it's conflict that are just wrecking everybody and anybody regardless of what their what their gear is yeah yeah which makes it tough miss hart are you gonna you gonna jump back on when this dlc drops next month i gotta say like everyone seeing everyone just jump back on it like i think it was in the maybe even just yesterday i really saw everyone streaming it i saw people tweeting about it i saw it on my xbox live that people were playing it i'm like fuck yeah i might get back into this game like i loved it and i think i just fell off because i think my like co-player base kind of just dwindled and i'm a person who likes to play with other people so uh, i think i might jump back in if everyone else is like you know nose diving in then it's a good time to come back it's certainly intriguing for me like i i'm a fan of the division series but i never really sort of sunk my teeth into it like both yourselves did so I'll probably give it a go when it drops next month, but then the tough part is like a week later we've got we've got new Doom and Animal Crossing as well. So <laughs> it's like you're gonna you're gonna get a good division fix, and then you're like, all right, you're on the shelf for the foreseeable future. I'll come back to you in June, sort of thing. That's that sort of feeling for me. So yeah. You know what though? Yeah. That that's it it's definitely a game where if you if you take some time off, like you're not missing a whole lot. The, the the worst part that would happen is they would you know throw out some patches that would nerf like one of your builds, which is what they did with my main build when, when I was going wild when it was first came out, and that kind of deterred me. But like that would be the worst thing that would happen, because overall they're not changing the game much because it's a game as a service. It's just like Destiny or Overwatch. You know they're just making little tweaks to weapons, uh, skills, builds. So that's it. That's it. It's certainly it's certainly a game that like in typical Ubisoft fashion it. It has a decent decent launch, but you really see the game take take shape twelve <clears throat> months down the line, eighteen months down the line, where it's they've gotten to that secret source and all the players come flocking back and it just generates sale after sale, like as it is with all these uh, Tom Clancy oriented games, it seems. Like you look at Siege, look at Div One and, and things like that. People just get on the train get off the train, then come back and go, yeah, I'll, I'll ride this for a little longer. Let's go. Well, r- real fast, one more thing. What's wild about Massive Games too is is their games get better after the first year, uh, especially with Division 1 had a lot of complaints. And then after that first year, they did a big overhaul and people loved it again. So mm, I think that with this, with this next level of DLC, with this new map and everything, I think we're going to see uh, them really hit their stride, which I don't think Division 2 has been a bad game so far. I think they just, it was, realistically, it was Division 1.5, but I'm okay with that. More Division was good Division. Yeah. But I think once we see this, this new you know dlc dlc go live and we got new patches and new updates i think people will come back and they'll get that praise that i think it'll it'll kind of be the same cycle as division one where people be like oh everything's fixed everything i hated has changed i love the game again and then they'll they'll go from there and just make it better small improvements stuff like that yeah so warlords of new york drop it on march the third on all the consoles it's a 30 dollar add-on 
My goodness. So that uh, you actually bought like the gold-plated edition of the Division Two, I think, yeah. not the gold edition. Um, God, Ubisoft just sneakily just stabbing you from the shadows <laughs> as, as they like to do. You know what though? Massive Games kind of earned it from the first one, so I wasn't too mad. You know, I got so much. I probably got a, like 200 hours out of the first game, so I didn't. It sucked, but I was also like, yeah, it's fair. I, on a sixty-dollar game, I I got well worth that amount. So yeah mm-hmm. and and now and now a three dollars three dollars that's insane like you can't even get a coffee for three bucks so uh yeah get out and get your hands on it but talking about sort of stabbing from the shadows miss ali hart and i were playing a bit of the uh bleeding edge beta this past weekend uh ninja theory developed game uh exclusive to xbox and uh, i guess you could say the microsoft ecosystem miss mm. hart what did what did you think about it did you play a good amount of time did you have a few matches yeah. um, what's what's your pros what's your cons uh so i actually put quite a few hours into it um it was it was an interesting experience because i didn't know what i was getting into i really didn't know and even from the trailers that they released like there wasn't really any kind of like major sign on what to expect in like in re- regards to gameplay like or how it was going to you know play out and then it took me a few rounds to really figure out like the dynamic and like the just the general vibe of how to play the game once i did i fucking loved it it's chaos it's just like straightforward chaos it's it's got like a lot of elements that you could just say is very reminiscent of like overwatch there's a lot of like you know grabbing points and dropping into certain certain spots or holding certain positions for certain times with like really wildish and outlandish characters with their own quirks and abilities and you know it's a four stack so you usually try to you know spread out like you know healer you know someone that's like defense and someone that's got long range and then short range and stuff but I found (laughs) that kind of communication kind of went void on this beta playing with randos so the thing about it though that someone kind of like asked me they said oh so would you pay 60 bucks for this game yeah, no, I wouldn't. No. It's it's apparently like it's I think it's forty bucks okay. US or or thirty bucks US on release, so it's it's not priced as a AAA, which is good. Mm. But the good thing, obviously, with anyone that's that's in that Microsoft ecosystem, it's going to be free in Games Pass. So yes, you, you got nothing oh, well nothing then. to worry about when it drops uh, next month, March twenty four. Uh, we've got a beta, a, a round, a second round of beta yeah. coming out. I think it's the thirteenth of March, so the week before, you can get a get another little taste of Bleeding Edge. But uh, I enjoyed it. Like I like the sort of third person over the shoulder camera. Yeah, it was a little bit of a change to a, a, a lot of these sort of um, hero shooters and hero brawlers where it is typically first person. But I, I noticed quickly. If you if you're not sort of sticking with one of your other squad mates and you're just sort of rolling around solo, you, you get chomped up Absolutely. so quickly. And that was like, it's pretty much like, especially I appreciate that they had that very detailed tutorial at the start. So you could learn like abilities, characters, pl- like how to play. It. Oh, did you? So, yeah. Uh, so typical it was, guy it was my skipping first bad the instructions decision of the straight into the game. Yeah. Don't need no manual. <laughs> yeah, fuck this. I can build Ikea. So I like went through all that. I appreciate it because I think I went in understanding it a lot better and it wasn't so daunting um uh, but like the first thing they teach you is that you need to stick together in this game you need to stick with your team and so many times where out like these random people i was playing with there was set the characters and there was no freaking healer so i'm like all right i guess i'll do it the healer and then everyone just goes and fucks off and <laughs> i'm just like great i'm just dying and i'm useless so yeah um yeah 
Yeah. That that's when the game sort of dragged a little bit when there yeah. was no cohesion. The yeah. game like it was just like fuck this. Like I'm just getting ganked by three members of another team over and over and over. Mm. But I, I liked the characters very large oh, in yeah. life. Um, very Borderlandsy, and then they're sort of mixing a bit of sort of steampunk because they're all like enhanced characters with like metal appendages and big wheels and and crazy art styles and personalities. Like yeah. they're pretty cool, unique characters. Um, I sort of found myself playing either Cass, which is almost like an assassin demon bird woman. <laughs> chicken Nid lady. Hogger. Yeah, yeah, the chicken lady. <laughs> Nid Hogger, which was like a, a a guy that looked like he's from Deathlock, the the sort of merely Oh like guitarist. the like the Norwegian death metal guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or um or Miko, which was the sort of like a pseudo um push healer that was she's almost like a like a tribeswoman with the big like ram's head on. That were the three I was sort of rotating in and out, and it's pretty good. Like, it, I wonder how much depth this game's going to have on release. Like, it's it's obviously just team based mode, so you got control and um, you know capture the flag and type of things like that. Mm. But it was fun. Yeah. It's certainly it's certainly like you need to be playing with friends or with people on comms, otherwise the game's going to drag a bit. But yeah, it can. I'm be. digging it. It can be absolute. Like you can either have like awesome like controlled chaos, or then you just have like not so enjoyable just disoriented chaos so i felt like you just you were either gonna have that kind of match or the other it was never like consistent so which is a shame and like you said the character designs and like just overall i really enjoyed like the detail the, the fact that these had like profiles and they all had their own like you know like there, a lot of them were very like country based. Like you could see like which country they came from and like the yeah. history and heritage behind them. Um, like there's a cute Australian character. Although I'm sick of the Mad Max like vibe that they give Australian characters in these games. Just that, that's just our stereotype these days. Shrimps on Barbies and and Mad Max post apocalyptic desert country badasses. Yeah. That's us apparently. So Junkrat, and I've completely forgotten what her name is. It's like Ma. It begins with M, I think. Maybe. I think it's Maeve. Maeve? But um, I think in this game, I was playing um, in Bleeding Edge. I really uh, stayed towards, um, is it El Bastardo? The guy with oh, the- yeah, the, the sort of tank machete welding guy. Yeah, I just I think I enjoyed his gameplay a lot more. But I kind of cycled through everyone, but he kind of just stayed. I felt like he was the most useful out of all of them. He was. He's tough to take down. Yeah. He was a tough son of a bitch. Yeah, and he can deal some damage too. Is, is this a game that, that you're going to look at closer to release or maybe try out on the beta? I, I should have asked, I guess, let off. I, I, have you got Xbox or are you play any, any Xbox games through the PC or is this something that's just not completely on your radar at all? No, Um. so I actually looked this up. I was looking at the agenda beforehand and I looked it up and I, I, I am familiar with this. I, I want to say this got, didn't this get some coverage at the Game Awards? Didn't it have like a, like a trailer at the Game Awards or something? Yeah, like it, it got announced... It got announced at the Game Awards, and it's pretty crazy because this is through Ninja Theory, who obviously are doing Hellblade 1 and now Hellblade 2, and it's such a disconnect from that content to go to this larger-than-life, bright, neon, futuristic 4v4 brawler. So, um, yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I was was checking out a YouTube video on it because I wasn't very familiar with it, but it sounded familiar, so I looked it up, and it looks like a lot of fun. It looks just batshit bonkers, very Mm overwatchy, but all melee. Um, I did see <laughs> the guy who was playing their heals was absolutely not healing at all and just shooting people. But uh, I, I do have an Xbox. I bought the uh, the digital version because I found it for 150 bucks at Walmart. Uh, I love my I love my Xbox. 
I, I never thought I would say that. I'm generally a Sony pony. But, I mean, with Games Pass being what it is, the Xbox at $150 was a steal and probably one of the best mm. gaming purchases I've purchased in a very long time. So, if I can find some people to play this with, then, yeah, I probably would pick it up. I'm not much of a multiplayer game type guy other than Rocket League and The Division. But if I can find a solid crew of people to play this with, which I think with those you know, online multiplayer uh, shooters or, or games where it's very important to have a good team. Because when you get randos, at, like in Rocket League, you get a lot of really sketchy people who don't really know what they're doing. They're, they don't understand to rotate, stuff like that. So I think that if I could find a group to play with or a solid team or at least three out of four, then yeah, I would definitely jump on this. But I'll probably give it a try. But if, if I can't find a, a solid crew, then I'll, it'll, it'll just get pushed to the wayside. Nice, nice. Well, well, you've got a couple of people here. The jury is still out if it's a solid crew, but uh, we can certainly uh, <laughs> swing a sword and uh, you know headbutt some fools. So uh, yeah, when, once this drops, obviously, as I said, the, the second round of the beta is coming out on March the 13th and it's going to run all weekend again. And then the full game releases like a week later. So uh, yeah, you can get a, get a sample and then decide if you want to commit to the full purchase a week after or get it free included in games pass which is the smarter way to go games pass yeah. such a great deal. games pass you can get a month for free for like or a month for a dollar i think it starts for so uh get amongst that action mm. something that i got amongst this past weekend as well i watched a couple of films went to the went to the movies twice and uh watched both sonic and fantasy island <laughs> what um, a combo. i'll give you the plane uh, yeah oh <laughs> uh, and they even they even weave that in there no My goodness. way like, they did do a deplane, oh. and they they had a like they had a um, Asian fellow named Tattoo in it. Like it was so on the nose. Like this, without a doubt, is just about the worst <laughs> movie I've ever seen at the cinemas. And I've watched many many movies in 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 the cinema. This movie was a mess. It wasn't even like that bad. It's good. Like it was just straight bad. Like it didn't know what it wanted to be. It was trying to be scary. It was trying to be funny. It was trying to be like dude bro comedy it was trying to be teen drama it was a dog's breakfast of a film and avoid it like the plague like even if you see it when it lands on streaming services maybe just avoid it there too because it straight fucking sucked <laughs> and it's a shame because blumhouse they usually do pretty good cheesy horror yeah and this is just filth so uh yeah fantasy island stay away avoid it at all costs but maybe go check out sonic it wasn't bad like Movie in all for all intents and purposes was kind of crap, but it was a fun, enjoyable movie. Yeah. Jim Carrey doing old Jim Carrey things again, which is great. Uh, it seems like the shackles have been uh, taken off Mr. Carrey, and he's gone back to his '90s roots where he's just bonkers over the life human caricature on the screen. And yeah, it wasn't bad. Obviously, it's it's opened itself up off the sequel, and we'll talk more about that in the 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 news shortly. But Sonic, I know Miss Hart, you haven't watched it yet, right? No, you've missed it. No, I missed out on it because I have this little old lady tendency where I want to see my movies first thing in the morning, like early. And um, my local cinema doesn't seem to be doing early movies anymore. Every movie started at like lunchtime, and no offense, I don't want to be in a room with kids, so. And I'm too old mm. to stay up, so. But what are kids doing at the movies at lunchtime over there? What happens on the west coast of the US of A? What's Trump doing? We do I don't know. I the kids in school, Trump. <laughs> do whatever we want. <laughs> That's the thing about America. So, like, some people have jobs and then some people have different time slots. It's crazy. Like, usually you'd be, like, going to the cinema in Australia, like, during work hours. And I say that, work hours. And you're usually pretty good. But no, everyone just has that weird schedule. So, it's like... For me, it's like I have to go dead set first thing in the morning 
or it's just no go. So I don't know. I'm going to have to find a way to watch this one. I love a good morning cinema viewing because the popcorn is fresh. It's straight out of the hopper and it's just like from God's lips to your mouth. Like it's so good. It is so good. (laughs) Anthony, is, is Sonic something? Have you got any sort of emotional attachment to the Sonic franchise were you were you a sonic kid growing up are you keen to watch the movie i know you got three young ones are you going to bring it take them along and uh watch watch sonic go fast real fast i want to jump to fantasy island real quick just like cats it was a movie nobody asked for but for whatever reason somebody wanted to make and it right <laughs> rightly deserves to bomb and oh yeah yeah uh next up yeah, sonic it is, it is the worst we did my, my wife and i took our kids to go see it. We, we went and saw it uh the day after opening so we went the, the saturday after it after it came out like you, it, it, it was a movie. It was a good movie. It wasn't a bad movie, but it wasn't like, I expected a little more Jim Carrey time. I thought he was going to really carry that movie on his back. And remember, we were going to hear about how he blew out his sciatic filming that movie. But uh, overall, it wasn't a bad movie. I, I didn't, there were two things in that movie and these aren't spoilers. So no spoilers that were just didn't belong there. Number one, the really mean sister for absolutely no reason, constantly talking about divorce. We have no backstory. Yeah. What did he do in that relationship at some point? You can't just come in throwing out the divorce word when we have absolutely no context as to why she 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 doesn't like him. There's no reason. Next, Olive Garden, get your fucking grubby hands off Sonic, okay? Yeah. There's so many Olive Garden like, mentions. Like, they straight up go, yeah, because they treat you like family. And I'm like, this is a really weird fucking ad. I already watched them all at the beginning of the, uh, like, before the movie started. Why is Olive Garden in here? Get out of here with your unlimited breadsticks and your always family slogan and your unlimited pasta bowl that only ends up turning into about a bowl and a half because you ate too many fucking breadsticks and soda. <laughs> Overall, though, I did enjoy Sonic. I When Jim Carrey, uh, <laughs> there's a scene where he, he throat punches like his assistant and it is the funniest, most Jim Carrey theme in the world. And then he's just like, <laughs> and it comes out of nowhere. I know we all saw it in the previews, but it's just, Jim Carrey was solid in this movie. Uh, I, I thought everybody was solid. What was it? Uh, the voice actor for Sonic is the same guy who plays John Ralphio in Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and James Marsden was was good as the uh, the Donut Lord, as they were calling yeah. him. Um, and yeah, he was a good, wholesome guy. But yeah, his his wife's wife's bloody sister just hated his guts. Like there was these weird things in that movie that just didn't belong. Yeah, I, I, I didn't understand that at all. And when her daughter wouldn't untie her, I was like, that's right. She, the little girl knows what's up like spoiler but it doesn't take or add anything to the plot but there was a part where jim carrey and james marsden were having a back and forth and james marsden like goes i was breastfed as a kid and then (laughs) jim carrey's like i was i was i was raised in an orphanage i'm jealous of you and or something like that and it's like this is just weird why is this exchange in this movie and why is jim carrey jealous that uh james marsden got to got to suck at his mum's teeth like i don't understand this suck on supple teats as a baby yeah, I was like, "What is going on here? This doesn't belong." But yeah, it was it was Jim Carrey madness, and yeah, we'll talk more about it in a second, I guess. Definitely no, I, selling I, I, it to me, guys. I liked it. It wasn't a bad movie at all. The kids enjoyed it, which is really like all, all that mattered. They were really excited to see it, and uh, it, yeah, it was it was an okay movie for me. I enjoyed like everybody. I really enjoyed the little anything too, and then in the beginning where we got a we got cameos from Sonic characters as well, so that was pretty cool. And supposedly someone went and looked at the map and that map is Sega properties. And there's a virtual on or a possible virtual on world that, that he has scratched off. Damn. Yeah. 
Nice. I, I love the internet. Well, parts of the internet. Some of it just terrifies me. I need to run far, far away. But I've got a quick question for you guys regarding movie etiquette with popcorn. Like, um. I know in the US of A, you go to the cinemas and you can you get your buttered popcorn with the, the salt already applied. But you guys then go to the butter dispensaries or, or ask the, the attendant to like do the and like pump some fresh melted butter over the top as well? Or are you just straight out of the machine? That's good enough for me. Let's roll. Um... Every movie theater I've ever been to, they automatically put the butter pump on there. It's just, they, it's just a a consensus that we're all gluttons, <laughs> and we want that delicious butter in our body, possibly clogging our arteries. Whatever, we're here for a good time, not a long time. God bless America. So, but you know what? The butter's great and all, okay. But let me tell you about a little something that some American theaters have been doing. It's called Tapatio dispensers, where they keep the seasonings and yes we do have some theaters that have an actual seasoning bar that you can go to throw the seasonings on there but they have a tapatio dispenser much like the butter dispenser now for you to put it on your popcorn and if you've never put tapatio or shiracha on your popcorn you are missing out all of you saucy folks out there so get on it start doing it find a theater where do they do this because i will drench those those delicious little kernels in tapatio all day every day stacks on stacks on stacks on stacks until my ulcer and stomach can't handle it. I'm blowing it all out my ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, to answer the question, I'm happy with what I get. <laughs> you, you're clearly missing out though. This, uh, Apparently, I'm a little bitch the, though. Uh, I can't do spicy. No, I can't do spicy. So I'm just gonna have to bitch out. And sadly, in Australia, we don't get any options. So we don't have like butter pumps and tapatio pumps that you get your your butter and salted popcorn out of the hopper. Or now they're starting to sell like flavored popcorn. So you can get like caramel corn and like cheese flavor and barbecue. But it's just OG for me. It's just give me that cinema popcorn. Yeah, cinema popcorn. But I've got a, a cinema popcorn maker at home here. And I've got like a two two kilo tub of the cinema salt and like a four liter tub of the proper oil and everything. So we we get down here at home. Don't worry about that. Well, we get down. You know, the only popcorn, popcorn on par with cinema popcorn is a uh, Target popcorn. Ooh, Target's popcorn okay. is, is about. I, I swear to God, it's the same exact popcorn you get you get from the cinemas. I'm saying cinemas because I don't want to say movies. I like the way you guys say it. Cinemas, cinemas, cinema, cinemas. There's like an AR. It almost ends with cinemas. ARS. Cinemas, cinemas, cinema. John Marsden. Cinema. Um, John Marsden. But yeah, Target popcorn's pretty dope too. So if you ever get a chance to get... I mean, you guys have Targets in Australia. <laughs> right? They're different. Called, They're different though. Target. They're, it's called Target. Target. We've even got like a baby Target in the smaller rural hubs of Australia. And it's called Target Country. Target like, that's Country. How, that's how backwater we are over here. The smaller country pockets of Australia have Target Country. Target Country. Yep. We got smaller Walmarts called Walmart Homes or whatever, and they're they're sort of like like the Whole Foods of Walmarts, <laughs> which is really yeah. funny that Walmart would have a Whole Foods version. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, no Walmart here. We've got Aldi and uh, Woolworths and Coles. Coles. There's Nicole Aldi Coles. here now. Yeah. In the states. Yeah. I'm seeing Aldis. Yeah. They don't muck around. All right. <laughs> Speaking of not mucking around, bit of housekeeping. The debut episode of Welcome to Knob Switch is available to listen on all podcast hosting platforms right now. Be sure to follow at Knob Switch on Twitter for all the details. And that is our Monster of the Week podcast, which debuted with 8-Bit 4.0. And a couple other little bits of news and snippets on the housekeeping side. 8BitNation.net or shop8bit.net for the direct hub and central conduit for all things 8-Bit. You're going to get direct links to our our web store, to our Patreon, to our Discord, to our Facebook group. And the last bit of housekeeping, 
The 8-Bit Family Portrait for 2020 is officially underway, and this year's theme is Marvel vs. DC. If you want in on this artistic awesomeness, it's going to set you back $10 via our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash we are 8-bit, but you can get immortalized as anybody from the entire DC and or Marvel Universe, but it is first come, first serve. So if someone's already picked Batman or Superman or whoever it might be, they are gone. So uh, get in quick if you want in on that action. It's coming along pretty well. We've got a fresh new artist putting this one together, and I'm excited to see us all looking our best or worst selves. And uh, yeah, that is housekeeping. Let's get into some news. This week's news headlines. News, 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 news. Small bite, full circle, going to Sonic. The live-action Sonic the Hedgehog film has grossed $57 million, with no thanks to Miss Ali Hart because you couldn't get a morning session, Oi. at the US <laughs> box office in its opening weekend, outpacing <clears throat> Detective Pikachu, which had $54.3 million over the opening weekend, to set a new record for video game adaptations. Overseas Sonic grossed $43 million from 40 markets, placing its total opening weekend revenue at $100 million. Still $61 million behind uh, Detective Pikachu on the world stage. Critics were largely unimpressed by the film and divided on Jim Carrey's turn as evil genius Dr. Robotnik. Critics, piss off. He was great. He's crazy. But the Blue Blur, uh, the Blue Blur sorry, was a hit with cinema goers, receiving 95% audience review score on Rotten Tomatoes, or Tomatoes, for us Australians over here. But yes, Sonic the Hedgehog, the movies go on gangbusters. Largest opening weekend for video game adaptations in the US of all time. Obviously, as they alluded to um, at the end of the film, they are certainly opening this universe up for potential future sequels. To no surprise, they're probably already writing a script for this. But uh, yeah, it's, it's good to see there's still life for video game movies. What do you guys reckon of this? We're going to see more off the back of that. We're going to see more flooding, maybe a new Mario film. What do you reckon? So for the Sonic universe, I would be surprised if, uh, what was it? Jim Carrey, the guy, John Marsden and the voice of Sonic weren't locked in for at least a three movie deal. Uh, I would yeah. be absolutely surprised yeah. considering the way that the, the little end credit scene, how, by, by the way, how bonkers is it that Sonic movie gets an end credit scene? We've been so yeah. spoiled by superhero movies that if a movie doesn't have an end credit scene, we're like, what? Like, why the fuck wasn't there one at the end of little women? Why didn't I see littler women at the end of little women? <laughs> Less little women. It is at the end. Where the hell was that end credit Older scene? Women, yeah. Where's the end credit scene for, for, uh, for, for fucking, you know, the boy and stuff like that. I don't know. I, I just couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. I was trying to think of something really funny, really hard. The gears were moving. It just wasn't working. Next, if you were one of the people online who complained about the first Sonic design and didn't see the movie, you can fuck off and eat a dick because that movie cost a lot more because they had to do that con- that redesign because all of you little keyboard warriors had to complain about it. But with that being said, I'm very happy this movie did really well. I think it had an amazing cast. I think it deserved to do really well. Uh, and the the whole movie as a whole is a really fun movie. It's not a bad movie. I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. It kind of comes up to preference. Yeah. But my kids loved it. And that's really all that mattered. If my kids loved it, it was a good movie because it kept them entertained. They wanted to see it. They were really excited about it. So I, 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 I'm really excited. I'm really excited that movies like Sonic and Detective Pikachu that are using these kind of like cartoony, hyper-realistic CG effects mixed in with real life people are doing really well. It's kind of like a, like a, a renaissance or not a renaissance, but a, a reimagining of when Disney back in the day was doing stuff like Mary Poppins and like we were getting movies that were introducing cartoon characters with real people. So we're kind of getting that second wave of that with CG and 3D graphics. So it's really nice. I, I, I'm happy it did so well. Mm. And it is kind of 
kind of nice to see like almost our childhood go full circle like these these are these are franchises that we all grew up with as kids and now our kids are experiencing these franchises as something new to them yes so it's kind of nice that you have this bond like we took our little guy to to sonic and he loved it now he's got you know the Sonic game on the iPad and and friggin' on his on his sort of 3DS and all that and he's all about the Sonic life now. So it's it's kind of cool that you've got these these sort of massive big you know emotional touchstones that are now sort of getting shared across the the whole sort of landscape of the family, which which I'm all about. Mm. I Miss mean, Hart, go check out the movie. I want to. Like, will... You're a Sonic purist. Yes, I grew up with Sonic. I was on the Sonic side, not the Mario side. So it's, I'm actually happy to hear like kids are actually you know getting into Sonic again. Hopefully everyone's starting them with the OG Sonics, so kids can actually know what pain and suffering really is. No <laughs> saves. Um, yes. The continue system underwater levels um it should be funny to know that um ben schwartz who actually does the voice of um sonic he actually also didn't like the original design so he was happy that they had to do the redesign um so in regards to the redesign and then this success it's good everything played out you know the audiences got what they wanted they got a good design sonic and they got a good movie and 95 percent um audience review score like it's 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 good it's like a good book you know rough rough middle section good start rough middle section and then an everything happy ending at the end you know so they got the good review they got the money everyone got the sonic they wanted we got jim carrey again happy ending yeah like Extra it's, five bucks. it really played out the way we all hoped i guess because yeah you do get that internet hysteria and and sort of lynch mob mentality where it was like oh boo this movie that model is not for us but the fact that they did come out with their wallets for the most part you'd hope uh and then sort of make this thing the largest grossing uh sort of video game adaptation in u.s history uh for opening week which is pretty cool so uh yeah we'll, we'll be seeing tails and knuckles and whoever else we're gonna sort of get introduced to over the coming years with with future adaptations who knows maybe we'll get a a, a live action Netflix spin-off or something like that. Netflix are all about that kind of thing. So, mm. uh, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of committing to, to video game spin-offs. So maybe we'll, we'll get some Sonic, but the cartoon of Sonic, or well, I think it was like a CGI, um, co- uh, Sonic way back in the day. Wasn't too bad to watch either. Well, there was two Sonic cartoons. There was the OG one that I grew up with, which had the best intro. And then there was like, yeah, there was like a CGI one, which was a bit more 3d, I guess. I think that there's three because there's another one that my children watch called. So there was the original Sonic cartoon and that had mm-hmm. s- just Sonic and tells. And then there was another one and my kids have watched it because it was on Netflix called Sonic's underground where Sonic is with his brother and his sister. And they're also in a rock band and they fight Dr. Robotnik. The theme song is amazing. And the worst thing you will ever hear in your life. Brother and sister? <laughs> yeah. You check it out. Sonic's underground. I-, I don't know if it was like a season two theme where they just like, gave it a new facelift but i do remember what you're talking about the original sonic cartoon with sonic tails dr robotnik and then always those two robots the goofy robots or the yeah, yeah, the, yeah the one that was like the the one that's like on tank wheels yeah. with the long nose thing from from the video games really yes. so well i yeah. want to say oh, Sonic underground oh my god yeah yeah watch sonic underground it looks like that really creepy fan art that you can find on the internet where yes. they you know go a little bit overboard Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. You just this, know there's some porn of this somewhere. Oh, oh yeah. So you didn't even need this to begin with, but yeah, it looks exactly mm-hmm. like that. A Google search will probably bring up everything you want, Brandon. Just turn, just turn safe search off and uh, Rule enjoy. You're gonna want to hit that incognito mode. Oh yeah. <laughs> hit it hard. Oh yeah. 
All right, so uh, moving forward, and I guess it sort of ties in and segues nicely. Uh, Pokemon Home's first week of downloads surpasses 1.3 million, thus generating estimated revenue of approximately 1.8 million US dollars. The subscriptions obviously are available at 2.99, 4.99 for three months, or 15.99 for a full year service to get the uh, the platinum experience of Pokemon Home. I have not downloaded it. I have not utilized it. I haven't played uh, Pokemon Sword for many months now. Love the love the franchise, but I think I've just moved on. Obviously, I'm clearly an Apex Legend superstar these days. But <laughs> either yourselves get amongst the Pokemon Home situation. Um, there has been some some pretty topical stuff that's popped up on the back end of the the Pokemon Home drama, uh, where we are seeing a lot of racism popping up. <laughs> Uh, during trades where they are renaming Pokemon with a whole heap of expletives <laughs> and some pretty suspect uh, wording and verbiage. So Nintendo really need to get their act together and, and sort that that out and get that censored ASAP mm. because you don't want you know 10-year-old little Timmy uh, getting himself a, a nice shiny Snorlax or something and it's called, you know, your mum's big fat dick or whatever it's called. You know, just, just for example, just for example. So uh, yeah, Pokemon Home. Making money, but also making headlines for the wrong reasons. Little Timmy going, how'd they know? (laughs) (laughs) Mom! So, like, how many people do we know that's actually signed up for this? Like, we know the standard people who we expect, but I, I too, have fallen off the Pokemon wagon. I don't play Pokemon Go anymore. I don't have anything really Pokemon-related that I follow now. So, I have no need for this. I don't play. Yeah, yeah, I don't play. I, I don't have a switch. My kids have a switch, but it's not mine. And if I don't have my own dedicated switch, I don't play on theirs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, I just pictured your kids like you go to ask to play, and they're like, "No, it's not yours." It's very, <laughs> go get your own. I, I don't like, know if you know, but they're very small, and it's very easy to outmuscle them. Yeah, <laughs> but strength in numbers. Oh <laughs> no, I, I tell them all the time. Whenever you boys are ready, go get your brothers, go get your mom, maybe pull one of the neighbors. You're gonna need everybody to take off the big dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't really have any skin in the game on this. I think it's cool now that all the Pokemon fans finally have, you know, like their, you know, integrated Pokemon bank that spans across what three, three systems, Pokemon Go or three games, Pokemon Go, Pokemon Pikachu and Eevee and now Pokemon Sword and Shield, correct? It's those three. I think it goes further back. Yeah, It's like back into the DS days. So then it's deep, but, but you can still only, you can still only interchange. like like the Pokemon that can go into Sword and Shield are still it's not like the full decks it's still just that just the Pokemon Sword and Shield decks right? Yeah, they have extended it though. You are right. There are ones that can't be switched out, but there are ones that are now like with Pokemon Sword and Shield. I believe they're accepting new ones now. Like okay. they have opened, yeah, they have opened up the range of Pokemon that can be accepted into the game now. So you can have your your Bulbasaur's and your Squirtles and whatnots. I love trying to I do the squirrel. old boys. Squirtle Squad. <laughs> yeah. Squirtle Squirt. Um, I love that the Squirtle Squad in the cartoon, quick side note, just went around digging holes. How many people do they kill? Oh, there'd be a few. There'd be a lot of rolled ankles, <laughs> you know, people sort of tripping over them holes and things or falling in and hurting their backs. A lot of compo claims. How many elderly just fell into a hole in the woods and nobody ever found them? How many, like, 
I need justice. I need justice. I'd watch that episode. <laughs> that's great. How do you execute a Pokemon that's killed people? Do you just is it a normal like they just take it out back and old yeller it, or do you think that like maybe like maybe it's themed to the Pokemon, so they make like okay. turtle soup. So they uh, just with all they the just squirrels. make a group yeah. of Raichus just relentlessly electrocute the fuck out of it. Well, that's the thing. The electric chair is perfect for Squirtle. Yeah, or because water type, and then they don't take Hello. it to a Pokemon <laughs> center, and then they just let it die of natural causes of exhaustion. Yeah, mm. that that's a real thing too. That's a real thing. Sorry to take it so dark. Yeah. So what also <laughs> is a bit of a real thing? This is uh, this is sort of cutting edge news headline that's just just about to break the internet. Did you guys know that Microsoft Flight Simulator has all? The airports in the world, its developers have said. So there's 37,000 airports that were manually edited by the developers of Microsoft Flight Simulator. And this is up from the huge number of 24,000 simulated airports in the 26, uh, 2006 version of the game. Is this uh, is this tickling your aircraft pickles or what? Is this going to make you want to jump on some flight simulator knowing that you can fly, land, take off, do all those air-based awesome things? From thirty-seven thousand real-life airports. I think. What in the hell? What is this? <laughs> is, is this the first? I think this is the first ever job title in the games industry. We just say, "Oh, I work in the games industry." Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't imagine you, how um, boring I'm, it is to explain. Oh, you know what? What we're doing right now is we're helping to make sure that we've edited and developed thirty-six thousand airports all across the world for microsoft flight Studio. sit down let me explain it to you so here's how we go i go into the program by that time you're already asleep <laughs> yeah i just like detail in like all airports across the world and all i can think about i'm like yeah but can you like capture the absolute sheer frustration of just lining up all the stuff that happens inside the airport you know all the Mm -hmm. bullshit that kind of goes on in there how about you do that detailed stuff and let me know how you go with it because that's gotta be that's where the real magic happens that's gotta be a punishment nobody does that on purpose it's like if you fuck up for the week you have to you have to design like three that's gotta be a punishment there's no way someone's like i'll design them yeah what do i do i'll put it on my you're spending the week resume. designing yeah. taxiways congratulations get in the todd remember when you got two meals in the break room well now you get to design 10 airports you nerd next time keep it to one and you just know for lunch they get given the the airplane meals they just have <laughs> those trays, trays coming out you want you want chicken or vegetarian <laughs> Oh, a vegetarian. I'm sorry, they're all gone. You're going to have to have chicken. Now Why'd sit you down ask? and shut up and make an airport, Todd. You know what you did. <sighs> yeah, apparently, Todd, there's, um, he'd be using a three-step process and a specially created tool to edit the thousands of airports in the game. No no, no sort of breakdown if Todd's the tool or if it's a software-based tool. <laughs> there's a lot going on here. But the crazy thing is the developers are forced to trace logical elements straight onto the Bing aerial view map so oh. they're not even allowed to use like google maps it's like it's all by microsoft so get on bing todd or you're fired so, uh, can you imagine yeah microsoft just, flight simulator i just want to know like where this benefit comes from it's like uh, like obviously like we can all laugh and everything but there is a very strong fan base on these like flight simulator games like there's a there is a fan base for it so i don't want to laugh at what they enjoy but like what like is it just the enjoyment of knowing that you're flying on a real like tarmac from a place in the world that you've been on like is that is yeah. do you reckon that's just the experience because it's that that's all it would be because it's 
flight simulator. So it's literally you just landing there and then taking off. Yeah, I I just think of like, you know, John Mulligan down the road where he's like, oh, I was, was on the fence about buying the next flight simulator. 24,000 airports is a lot. What's it going to take to get me back in the, the, the pilot's chair? 37,000 airports. Holy fuck. This is a day one purchase. You I'm pre-ordering ripper. right now. I've always wanted to know what the turbulence is like over in Kazakhstan in the backwater airport there. You know, you've got to avoid certain bloody local wildlife and potential insurgents and bomb blasts. wonder if it's going to be like that. If you're taking off from like Iraq, is it like real world shit like that? I'd play that. If you've got to try and like land passenger jets in around those sort of real sort of boiling pot areas, that's, that's some dicey shit. <laughs> Pretty dicey. <laughs> I just hope maybe th- they've dicey. got all the really bad airplane uh, airplane places to eat, and maybe like two or three people that have coronavirus and they just don't know it yet. Oof. Yeah, and you got to land in time before it spreads. <laughs> it basically just turns into uh, was it Plague Inc? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I love playing that game, but now I just feel a bit funny. I booted that up the other day, and I didn't like got to the start screen. I'm like, no, nah, I don't feel comfortable playing. Felt this too game. real. Felt it, too so. real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is It is no joke. And something else that's no joke, uh, probably the joke is that no one really cares about this game much anymore. PUBG update 6.2 is coming imminently and will enable PlayStation 4 and Xbox One cross-play. <laughs> so all you console gamers out there that want to shoot your Sony Pony fans. I've never heard that term, by the way. I'm going to start using that. That's not bad. I'm a Sony Pony. It just makes you think well, of genuine, though, getting getting down. I guess I'm not a full-fledged Sony Pony since I'm playing a lot on Xbox. Shuhei, I just want to apologize. I'm so sorry. It's a phase. I oh, just We needed a break. He definitely yeah. listens to this podcast. <laughs> Also, yeah. Shuhei listens for the things he's going to sue us for. Yeah. <laughs> Stop saying my name! <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny that they're, um, you know, like PUBG is now cross-platform, like PlayStation and Xbox, you can cross-play now. And all that tells me is that they're running out of, like, people to fill lobbies, so they now need to just, like, combine them all. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, because they've already migrated, at least here in Australia, they've closed uh, the Australian-based PUBG servers, so you've got to actually go through... That through the Oceanas or, or through the North American servers again. So, uh, yeah, those pings are very real. But, yeah, PUBG update 6.2, which I uh, need to correct myself, is available now. So the update is live. But uh, any Sony Pony or Team Green fanboys and fangirls out there that want to get amongst it, now's the time to play with your friends together across those rival codes. Mm. But uh, let's let's jump into the last bit of news that uh, we've got for this episode. And uh, this comes via way of Brendan Sinclair at gamesindustry.biz. Great first name there, I must say. Good on him. Eli Roth to direct Borderlands movie. And there's a little bit of reading here, so I'm just going to grab this uh, new snippet here and, and smash it through as quick as I can, and then we can unpack. The Borderlands big screen adaptation will be handled by a veteran horror director. According to Hollywood Reporter, Lionsgate has secured Eli Roth to handle the upcoming feature film based on Gearbox's loot-driven shooter. Roth may be best known as the director of Cabin Fever and the first two Hostel movies. More recently, he directed the 2018 remake of Death Wish starring Bruce Willis and the family film The House with the Clock in Its Walls starring Jack Black and Kate Blanchett. First and foremost, never heard of the movie Death Wish. The House with the Clock in Its Walls, really good film. Really, really good film. Really enjoyed it. It had a real goosebumpsy vibe to it. Anyway, I'm back to the news article. 
Uh, Roth says, I'm so excited to dive into the world of Borderlands and I could not be doing it with a better script producing team and studio. I have a long, successful history with Lionsgate. Successful, debatable, but anyway. I feel like we have grown up together and that everything in my directing career has led to a project of this scale and ambition. The script Roth mentions was written by Craig Mazin, who won an Emmy for his work on HBO's Chernobyl. He also has writing credits on Scary Movie 3 and 4, The Hangover Part 2 and 3, and Rocketman, which is the 1997 film, not the uh, Elton John uh, biopic that just came out recently. The film is being executive produced by Gearbox CEO Randy Pitchford, so you know that's going to go well, as as well as Take-Two CEO Strauss Zenick. Avi Arad are also on board as producers along with Eric Fake. The Borderlands film has been in the works since 2015. It will be the first Take-Two property to see a feature film adaptation since 2008's Mark Wahlberg vehicle, Max Payne. I watched that in theaters, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> in theaters? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I watched that in theaters. I'm not proud of it. I just, uh, for full disclosure. You would have felt pretty dirty coming out of that movie as well. That was, that was a rough watch. If realistically, I was like, 15 and trying to get a hand job for my date so i didn't watch much much hey, of the movie. <laughs> hey my name's max Payne. mark Marlborough. i'm surprised i'm sad someone shoot me i don't know i need to take some pain pills let's kill him hey i'm gonna jump in this river it's really cold you know say hi to your mom <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're getting a borderlands movie mm. uh, i wonder if they've sort of strapped a rocket to this off the back of some sonic success who knows but eli roth Hasn't done much of note as of late. Uh, obviously, Cabin Fever and the, especially the first Hostel. That movie made me scared to travel anywhere, even outside of my town for a while after watching that movie. Like, I ain't getting abducted and cut up and fucked up by crazy Euro bloody sadists. But uh, Borderlands movie, um, what do you think about this as a whole? And then I wanted to sort of maybe we deep dive and, and maybe we cast the four vault hunters of this. So what do you reckon? Mm. Is is this movie got some legs? Do you think it's going to be any good? Uh, What's your feels? Miss like, Hart, lead us off. So, okay, Eli Roth, I, I don't mind him as an, you know, director, producer, um, like everything that he's been involved with. Not to, like, he, he doesn't bother me. A lot of people have a problem with it because he's like, he's kind of like gore porn, like that's his style. Um, I think that integrates really well with Borderlands. Like if we know that he's attached to it, we can only assume we would be getting that kind of element, which is good. Can he do comedy? I don't know. Um, I, I haven't seen too much on the comedic side, like from him. So it needs to have the right level of his goriness and action that he's, you know, provided, but we need that comedy side as well. So hopefully him and the writers can like work that out. But um, in regards to whether I think we need a Borderlands movie, I'm going to say no, I didn't need it. Um, I But I'm also <laughs> kind of bitter based on my, uh, you know, Borderlands 3 roller coaster of emotions. So... I don't think I'm probably the best one to be uh, waving the flag for this movie. Nah, fair call. What What about you, Mister uh, at Dad Bod's place? I think Eli Roth is probably perfect for this. I know a lot of people like kind of funny had the argument where he's really into more gory stuff. The Borderlands universe is a very gory, messed up world. Granted, we get it in the video game form, and it's very lighthearted, lots of jokes. But <laughs> at its core, it's a rough world. It's a brutal world, and there's no margin for error or forgiveness from anybody in it. So the fact that Eli Roth is on is on this, I think, is is a perfect casting for director and probably mm. like a movie he was made to do. I think 
seeing the rest of the cast will be great. But I mean, realistically, this movie's never going to get made, though, regardless of whether Eli Roth is in it. I mean, we keep getting stuff that the Uncharted movie is going to come out, and I'll believe it when I see that first trailer or like set photos. So, will it get made? Mm, I think it's a coin flip. Is Eli Eli Roth a great director for it? Absolutely, yes. I, I think this is coming. I think I think they're going to throw some money at this and make it happen. They've got some pretty pretty notable sort of people behind it, like uh, having a guy that's that sort of won that won an Emmy for Chernobyl, which is you know completely unrelated to to Borderlands, but a fantastic piece of uh, television that you need to check out for anyone that hasn't. Like it is is a pretty crazy retelling of, of some hard truths that happened in Chernobyl way back when. So um, yeah, they they just need to nail the tone. Like it's it's a larger than life game where yeah, it is hyper violent and and very tongue-in-cheek and and zany like it's it's almost needs to follow like a a deadpool path i think where it's it's sort of gory but you've got to have dick jokes in there gun violence so it can't be like an m-rated film or a pg-13 rated film for for you in the the us of a so they need to really double down on on the gunplay and the 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 shooting and and all that kind of stuff but it's it's kind of be cool to see that gunplay mixed with the the abilities and the supernatural elements that that Borderlands possesses, that uh, they are sort of staying true to the source source material. So the initial synopses are saying it's following four vault hunters on a journey through the planet of Pandora to find the key to the ultimate vault. On their quest for glory, players encounter alien wildlife, crazy bandits, and other forces. So obviously, it's ripped straight from the pages of, of Borderlands <laughs> one, two, or three. Um, you know, copy paste, copy paste, copy paste. But um. It still could be pretty fun. Uh, I thought we could have some fun and maybe try and um, lay down who we would cast for the four Vault Hunters. So, mm. so my thought process was we would sort of be looking at the the OG four. Good. Uh, yeah. So we're talking Mordecai, <laughs> Lilith, Brick, and Roland. Um, mm. So, so who you got as as Mordecai? Um, if you if you've thought that far ahead, or if I'm just throwing it at you last minute here. Uh, well, I like. I only really play the siren, so Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, so like my my experience with the other vault hunters like aren't great. Um so Yeah, uh, so oh. Mordecai's your hunter, mm-hmm. um adept with, with snipers and pistols, and he's also got his pet blood wing that he can send out to attack. So he's he's more of your hunter, your tracker type of character. And um I've I've sort of chucked uh diego luna in as my mordecai obviously yeah. from most most recently rogue one and then the the subsequent disney plus spin-off that they are working on for that at the moment anthony what about you who you got who you throwing in as mordecai mordecai uh, i think it's a pretty obvious one guys and you know not to trounce on your choices but johnny depp plays mordecai <laughs> I mean, why i could see that working i hate johnny depp these days with a passion but i could see him just rehashing Actually, his uh Jack Sparrow. He's already played Mordecai in a movie. Oh, yeah, that spy movie. Mordecai. (laughs) Wow. God, that movie was so bad too. I like that though. Like he he does play those quirky, weird characters pretty well. And and Mordecai was sort of the more like left of center character out of out of the main leads. Mm -hmm. So um, so we got Johnny Depp. We got Diego Luna. And who you got, Miss Hart? I honestly, like, don't know. I think Diego Luna, like, I was kind of, like, I feel bad, but I was kind of heading down that route, like, just, you know, based on, like, how he holds himself kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah. that that great just minds, makes sense. Yeah, it just makes sense kind of thing. So um, because, like, with this, 
So we're talking for vault hunters. Yep. So are we talking about those specific ones or like, cause like I just assumed that they were going to do like, like, you know, the subclasses and then create new characters from that. Yeah, like I, I took it literally and just went with the four OGs. But yeah, we could go with the classes. But like, I'll throw the hat in the ring for Lilith and um, everyone's favorite uh, whitewashing actress that uh, just no. gets signed up to everything. Scarlett no, Johansson's no. going to be my Lilith. Just, How did uh, you know I was going to do she's that? Got the name. I'm just saying, well, no. she's not Asian, so we can't do ScarJo. You know, I took my ScarJo no. joke. I love it. Great minds think alike. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Scarlett Johansson is my Lilith for Borderlands the movie. <laughs> no, hang on. I'm grabbing the name of the chick that I want. Um, Olivia Munn. Oh, yeah. yeah I can Lilith. see that. Like, I don't know. She, like, I feel like with Lilith, you need like also like that sarcastic kind of like sassiness. And um, I don't know, just a pretty face. Yeah, she's got that in spades too, obviously, mm. and she's not uh not opposed to sort of playing those those um fantasy esque characters. Obviously, she was Psylocke in uh, X Men Age of Apocalypse. Fucking dedicated to that, by the way. She knew everything yeah. about the character. So God, too bad that movie sucked. Oh, I can't stand how Apocalypse looked, but that's that's a rant for another day. It really is. All right, so we've got Olivia Munn and Scarlett Johansson for Lilith. If we're shifting gears and we're talking about Brick. Mm who um, Brick plays as the Berserker. Uh, so he's all about melee, uh, ground and pound, and he also loves heavy weapons. I'm uh, I'm going with Dave Batista for this, I thought, because we need mm. someone that's tanky. We need someone with size. Yeah. Uh, his, his acting is still a work in progress, but uh, you know, Brick wasn't the most personable fella in the gaming anyway. So uh, give, me, give me some Dave Batista as See, Brick. But you know what? Looking at Brick, that just... And the problem is it's the physique, right? It's the freaking yeah. physique. And like, like you'd think that Batista like was used as a reference source. Like the whole shaved head, the like square-like rounded noggin that's like mm-hmm. no neck. It's It matches. Identical. Yeah. 100%. You know, 100%. Who you guys got? It's all about family. I'm going with Vin Diesel. Oh, nice, nice. Vin Diesel's coming in, okay? He's going to drive in in a Supra, and he's going to block family. He's going to say family 18 times, and he's going to drive on ice and somehow get his car underneath the sub. I don't know. They're basically superheroes at this point, Vin Diesel. Bloodshot. Bloodshot Bloodshot looks great, by the way. I'm keen as a bean to watch some of that craziness. Uh, I just think we need to put Vin Diesel down for a bit. Because he's definitely definitely riding a high horse that he shouldn't be on. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry about the the Fast and Furious movies. Like, had me concerned about that man. Yeah. How long until we see another Triple X movie? Another Xander Cage return? Uh never. <laughs> I never. I never watched them. Oh, uh, that that were pretty rough. It's were like they? everyone talks. About he was them an in extreme sports regard. dude, so now he's a secret agent action superstar. It was, it was like, like, how can we make X Games a movie with James Bond for half the budget? Yeah. I just love the scenes like where he's getting shot at by bad guys, but he's got time to pop like a backflip off a snowboard yeah, and so stuff. Sad. It's like, yeah, right on, man. No worries, mm. you dickhead. But then obviously then um, Ice Cube played him for, for, for a movie as well. Like, what in the hell? <laughs> the old switcheroo. All right, so who you got, Miss Hart, for Brick? Who you going for the, for the big tanky, tanky man that loves smashing shit up? I don't know, like... No, because, like, age range is bothering me as well. It's like, how old is he technically? Because, like, big big 40? frame, shaved head. I would like Kevin Nash to, like, play him, but that's also, like, a little bit of a personal thing as well. 
You've got a thing for Kevin Nash, I've yeah. realised over the years. Really, you only just realised. Yeah. <laughs> but he's he's a bit um he's a bit on the frail side now. So. Oh, Diesel. Yeah, mm, yeah. Oh, he Diesel. looks real frail. Like I saw photos of him the other day, and yeah, he's he was in the my Punisher, legs are bigger than so, his right now. Like he was in the original Punisher movie, and he was you know big you know brick shit house. So maybe he can come back. But I don't know. All my big buff heroes are getting old. Yeah. Just sad. All, all our heroes from the eighties and nineties. All right. So Roland who is the soldier. Obviously, he's your typical sort of uh, first-person shooter, soldier class. He's got a turret. Uh, I am I sort of just went with the, the easy pick here, and I just love to try and cast him in everything I can. I've got... Idris oh, my Elba God, yes! Roland. Yes! You and I, we're on the same page here. You're about to get kisses. Ooh, yeah. If I ever come to Australia, I'm going to give you all the smooches because, my God, Idris Elba. Yes, he's definitely rolling. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to them smooches, by the way. You'll be getting them. <laughs> You'll be getting, the, biz- you'll be getting right. the, the, the business end of these lips. Oh, yeah. Oh, going to get that little... We're going to have some mustaches tickling. It's going to be it's gonna be beautiful. But Miss Hart, Roland, who you got? Terry Crews. Who'd you say? Terry Crews? Terry Crews. <laughs> That's nice. a good one, too. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And and he'd, he'd be perfect for, for a film like this as well. Like, he's, exactly. he's loud. Exactly. He's got the personality for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my, my cast is, like, pretty much a whole bunch of old dudes. I do apologize, but... I don't know. <laughs> it's all like, the old dudes. All the old dudes. Mm. Who would you get to play Handsome Jack? Kiefer Sutherland, since I'm down the old old person route. <laughs> I'd I'd go someone like Timothy Oliphant. That's that's where I'm feeling for Handsome Jack, just off the cuff. Mm. Who's just another actor I love, and I think he'd uh, he'd weave in nicely as as that uh, sort of shit eating bad guy that you that we uh, come to love slash hate. And see, the problem is, right, especially with Handsome Jack, I feel, the voice is it. Like, the voice is the character kind of thing. So saying, like, oh, casting this person for this role, I just, like, I can't imagine, like, anyone else doing that sarcastic, just chauvinistic voice of um, Handsome Jack. So it's really hard yeah. to kind of cast for it. Yeah, well, and, and a bonus one, who would you cast as Claptrap? Because no doubt he's going to he's gonna make an appearance. Are they going to recast Claptrap as ben like Schwartz. a little witty, witty person? Ben Schwartz. He just played Sonic. We can get him as Claptrap. <laughs> well, they're going to like the Star Wars it and put an actual like human well, inside it's, the it's, thing it's on, on like voice, a unicycle? Right? It's just the voice? A little, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah just Cool, the we voice. can take a Gearbox employee and not pay him for it. Hey, Ooh, damn. Topical. topical, yeah, true. So there you go. Um, I'm I'm interested to see what they do with this movie. Uh, Eli Roth, he's, he's got the chops to handle something like this, but they just really need to commit to the over-the-top zaniness, like Mad Max with more humor and more blood and just more everything, I think, is what this movie's going to be. Or maybe it's going to be Sahara with violence. Who knows? It's, de- it's definitely going to be lighthearted, and it's also definitely R-rated. A Borderlands movie cannot be anything but R-rated. 100%, 100%. All right, so that's been the news. So let's shift on. There isn't really anything coming out this week uh, from the new release space that's worth deep diving on. There's no real games there. Two Point Hospital is the main one, I guess, that's made me raise an eyebrow and go, oh, maybe I could give this it's a look. I love I love shit. a good simulator game. It's I've shit. I've played it. No, it's fun as shit. I've played oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so Two Point Hospital makes it way to console, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the Switch. On February 25th, but uh, we're going to round this episode out with our Tweet of the Week. And uh, this has divided the internet. And uh, our Tweet of the Week comes via way of a small-time streamer known as Ninja. <laughs> and the tweet reads, 
The phrase, in quotes, it's just a game, end quote, is such a weak mindset. You are okay with what happened, losing imperfection of a craft. When you stop getting angry after losing, you've lost twice. There's always something to learn and always room for improvement. Never settle. Where do you guys stand on this statement? Like uh, a lot of people have been up in arms at Ninja going, mate, you're a dickhead. Anger doesn't help anything. You know, it's just the whole cliche. It's just a game. Uh, but where where do you guys sit on this? So I'll toss it over to you first, Anthony. Where where do you sit on the Ninja fence here? Ask, listen, it sounds like all of you have played multiplayer games before, correct? Yeah. Perfect. So at some point in your life, you have been playing those games and you've been really into it, right? Right? Yeah, we can all say, you know? Right. And then yeah. you get really close. Or even with like Dark Souls or something, you're so close and you keep dying. And now you're at that edge of frustration. And someone says, it's just a game. Please, nobody has ever responded well to that after getting just that hard L over and over and over again or that close loss. No one's ever been like, you know what? You're absolutely right. It is just a game. I'm so happy. No, you're like, fuck you. I don't give a fuck if it's just a game. I want to fucking win because I'm a winner. And that's what winners do. And all these 13-year-olds keep kicking my ass. I also don't play Dark Souls, so I just use that as a kind of like placeholder. But I'm 100% with Ninja on this, especially at the rate that he plays it. Saying it's just a game, especially with competitive esports as well, with games like this, Fortnite, Apex, Rainbow Six Siege, all that. It's really not just a game because those people who are taking it seriously and taking it not where it's just a game are the people who are in these professional esports making thousands and thousands of dollars of, of, of this is their living you're going to go up to tom remember when tom brady lost his second super bowl to eli manning and like you go up to tom brady right after that go it's just a game he's going to tell you to fuck off and his wife giselle is going to fucking wave all her cash in front of you i i, I think it I, I think it's true and everybody's shitting on him because guess what it's popular to shit on ninja Every, oh ninja's so big let's all shit on ninja now was the execution and the way you went about it off yes yes it was but nobody who's ever played a competitive multiplayer game can ever say oh well that's stupid because we've all had a moment where someone said it's just a game or calm down and you reacted negatively because you want to win or you're frustrated that you haven't been winning i think he's absolutely right <laughs> a lot of valid points there i love that miss miss hart what you got let me paint a picture for you paint it overwatch right <laughs> yep so 8-bit, we're all friends. Let's all play some Overwatch together. Alrighty then. So we've got a crew together, me and Brendan and a few others in the team. Playing, we're losing. We're losing pretty bad. Brendan is swearing up a fucking storm. Fuck this person. Fuck that person. Mike's shitty character. Fuck this. Fuck. I am laughing in hysterics. I'm, I know we're losing, but I'm having fun. This is great. Brandon is losing his fucking mind. Anyway, a bunch of losses. Then another group of people that are part of our little clan kind of get online and they're like, oh, there's too many of us. Brendan jumps ship to the winning team, to the pros, to the, you know, because, you know, he wants to fucking win. And we gave him shit for it from that day forth because we were just having fun. Brendan was set on fucking winning. And, yeah, it's kind of a running joke in our group now about, like, when that time when, uh, well, actually, Brendan's done it a few times now where he jumps ship to a more oh, professional yeah. coordinated team because he wants to win. So it's, it's, um, equal, it's equal parts ego and also my my frail health where I worry my heart can't sustain <laughs> these repeated defeats and uh, 
close close losses and all that kind of stuff but yeah so it's like it's two polar opposites of gameplay for you there i'm not a serious player at all the only time i really rage out on a game is tetris 99 um that's probably the most anyone's ever heard me swear um the phrase it's just a game and then someone losing their shit over it i think says more about the person and like how they evaluate their situations right there. If a person's being a dick and just being like, oh, it's just a game, you're a loser, you know, I can understand. But overall on this tweet by Ninja, I see what he's saying in the sense that if you want to do better and, you know, you're not succeeding, you should take a step back and learn from your mistakes. But unfortunately with Ninja and with Ninja's majority fan base, how his tweet can be interpreted is you're allowed to rage. You're allowed to be an angry, frustrated person. That's allowed because you want to be a winner. He needed to phrase it differently. It needed to be different. Um, Unfortunately, when people kind of came back to him with it, he just got on the defensive. He just, and sometimes I think he does this so he can be a trending, you know, always on the tip of people's tongues, always being relevant kind of thing. So yeah, I see the good and I see the bad in this tweet. So Yeah, I'm I'm with you and obviously I, I can't say much without sounding too hypocritical. Uh because <laughs> yes, I do I do rage. I was playing some Apex last night and the cuss words that were coming out of my mouth, like it's funny, I always sit down and I'm I'm like if if Rach and I are playing together, I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be Zen tonight. I'm not gonna get angry. <laughs> And slowly but surely, like if if I get knocked down or we lose a few games, like I'm like okay, no worries. A few moments later, (sighs) exactly. (laughs) Cut cut forward to three games, and I'm like, f you, you dick, and blah blah blah. And I know it's not good for my my damn ticker, so I'm I'm trying to get better um, as a whole with that. But there's just certain things that just make my blood boil. And competitive online shooters is that main thing that just gets me going. So I can understand where he's coming from because i think you can harness that that rage and that fuel because i'll i'll say all these expletives and whatever else and then rage's like oh we're we done we hopping off i'm like no one more game let's go again so like you i can see where you use that that sort of negative energy to push forward and try and get better or or get the win or improve in the game so i get that but yeah he he just didn't use all the characters allocated to him on this tweet. Like if you sort of said um, and talking about like, it's not a weak mindset, the whole, it's just a game, but like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with losing and using that to fuel yourself to get better. But being dismissive of just going, eh, it's it's nothing major. And like, you can take that into anything, like into work, into relationships. And it's like, oh, you know, it's nothing. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, you need to, you need to have pride in what you do. And that's what he's trying to say here. You know, you need to have pride and passion and energy to mm. try and to try and get better. But obviously, uh, with the tweet he sent out, it didn't really convey all that. No. Hence, hence the blow up. But yeah, I, I'm like, I don't brood on these games for a week afterwards. Going, oh man, if only I took that shot or grabbed that gun or whatever. Like, I'll have that quick burst, but then I'm on to the next thing. Like, I try and not let it gestate because I would just become probably the human torch like i would just catch fire on the microphone and and you know cause all kind of bad thing and no one to see that especially after those uh fantastic four movies my goodness but um yeah i i can see it on both sides like and i think we're all probably one of the same here on the pod like we we can we can understand where he's coming from we've all lived it to varying degrees whether it be tetris whether it be <laughs> 
Apex <laughs> or just about any shooter in my, or maybe any any competitive game in my mindset. Uh, but yeah, I get it. Just just don't don't do this sort of baiting mentality where if you are on the other end of that and your your friend or your enemy is doing that, and you're like, oh, it's just a game sucked in. Like don't don't troll about it. But yeah, it can be more than a game if it's someone's livelihood. So different strokes. Mm. Different goddamn strokes. Yeah. I just think telling an audience of young boys who already have a million and one things to worry about in life and then telling them it's like you gotta you have to be angry. It's it's fuel to fire. Well Oh yeah. We all know that Ninja's not the best at conveying his tweets in a like the football tweet. Remember that one? The infamous football tweet? <laughs> I think mm. at this point when he has an idea, he needs to pass the phone off to his wife and say, Can you please put this in a way that's not gonna make the internet not freak out? Because I mean, I mean, she she is uh, his manager. She's his manager. I'm assuming she does, you know, handle his his sponsored tweets and stuff like that. I just he gets in the moment. Obviously, like I said, the execution is not the best. And and I agree with what you're saying. Kind of being like, it's okay to rage. Um, I think he should have specified that when he probably should have put something in there. When you're playing competitive games at the level that I'm playing, which he is a professional. Yeah. Now, granted, they're gonna give him shitty the way because they're gonna be like, wow, conceded much. But it is true though. He is playing Fortnite at a professional level. Just like if Tifu mm. said the same thing, people would be like, people would probably be on Tifu about it. But yeah, the execution of it wasn't wasn't the best, and it, he could have clarified it a bit. Now he would have taken a little bit of heat, but at least that clarification would have been there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, this tweet, this tweet reads like something DJ, um, well, not DJ Khaled, or is no, it is DJ Khaled, Khaled, the just Khaled's the. The good singer, yes. but it, it sounds like something like that. I, all that's missing at the end of this is like another one. That's all that's missing <laughs> off this tweet, and you could have could have could have been straight from his mouth too. I'm but, sure there's a congratulations. Yeah. You played yourself gift somewhere in those comments. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But uh, mm. yeah, congratulations, Anthony. You've made it to the tail end of episode 183. Woo! You haven't played yourself here on the Hungry Gamers. Really, really appreciate you stopping on by, riffing with us, having some fun, bringing that energy that we want to bottle and sell. And make Jeez, millions yeah. over here in Australia. My goodness. Dad bods liquid or something. I don't know what we're going to call it. We'll, we'll work on a name. <laughs> Everyone loves liquid. dad bods. <laughs> dad bods baby making gravy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect for Thanksgiving. Pour that on my steak Perfect right for now. Thanksgivings and Christmases. You can pour it on your turkey, oh, yeah. mashed potatoes, and uh, just pour it on whatever you oh, want. Oh, your fat hog. Yeah. Pour it on whatever you want. Unrelated, but slightly related. Did you guys ever catch those episodes of Jerry Springer where they had those weird food fetishes and they'd sort of like lay on a big thing of food and then sort of have sex almost in front of the audience and they're pouring gravy each on each other? And I think I do remember uh, that actually. People are weird, but each their own. So I'm definitely the worst, like you know, like backwoods mountain person because I never really watched much of Jerry Springer, even though I grew up in a place where like I should have been watching Jerry Springer, very white trashy. So <laughs> you were living so yeah, it instead. I, I was living it. I mean, we weren't in like a trailer or anything. I actually, fun fact, I have lived in a double wide before, but that was when I was in college. So it doesn't count. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair, mate. And, and you've come out all right. Yeah, you know, you, you, you're good looking fella. You got good, healthy kids. You've got a good marriage. You've got a good life. So, you know, there's hope for us all and yet. Blinds. Look how wonderful those are. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mate, on that casino money. The house doesn't always win with you, my you know, friend. I'll be taking your money left and right. All right, so uh, is there anything you wanted to say before we close this one up, Mr. Special Guest Co-Host? And also, I guess in this too, let let the listeners know where they can find you, what you got coming up, anything. The floor is yours. 
go first Walt. and foremost i want to say thank you to the two of you for having me on your podcast i appreciate it uh it's, it's been a wonderful wonderful time and, a, and an amazing treat um i really 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 appreciate and and love everything you guys are doing and the eight bit collective is doing you guys realistically light a fire under my ass every time you step your game up to that next level every time i think you guys there's no way they can take it up any further they're already great you find you guys find a way to kick it up to that next notch you go from 11 to 12 12 to 13 so thank you for making amazing content thank you for having me on now where you can find me um so dad bob plays on all social media including twitch and then uh check out my podcast dad's beards nerds they do that with uh george hioko and tommy aries two of my best friends um we have a wonderful really kind of loose fitting conversational podcast with people we we're very off the cuff we don't well, i mean we've got a template but we go off script all the time and then we do news monday through friday our dbn news so that's basically where you can find me so check those out hell yeah hell yeah what about you miss hart you got anything you want to say before we uh close the hungry hq down for another week yeah i just want to say that the season of harley quinn's cartoon just finished um and they've already talked about a new season for april so if you do not have the dc universe app or a subscription i still recommend it it's a great cartoon can, check it out can, can, real quick can we talk about real fast just real fast that episode with aquaman with the fish and she's like i think there's a public pool three blocks out he's like yeah put uh put saltwater fish in a fresh pool are you an idiot and he's got an aquaman <laughs> And also, uh, Bane be like, uh, "What's up with this po- po- political correctness?" Uh, <laughs> like the show is brilliant. If you're a DC fan, it's just it's fantastic. It's for us adults. Nothing kid, nothing, nothing's for kids. It's a great show. But so check it out. Sadly, not available here in the Australians unless you're going to, uh, you know, get yourself a tunnel and VPN your way out of the land of Australia and catch it that way because I'm just living through these legends over there on the West Coast. But uh, I'll, I'll get to it eventually because I've heard many good things. And the, mm. the little highlights and snippets I've seen on the internets do crack me up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this has been episode 183 of the Hungry Gamers podcast. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe us and all the other podcasts in the hashtag APIC Collective, as well as all the other podcasts you are listening to on the reg because those ratings, reviews, subscriptions help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts, helps keep us tracking, helps keep us relevant. It takes no time and means an awful lot to us. So uh, yeah, from all the podcasts out there you listen to, just take that 30 seconds, jump on there, write, write a review. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. We need it. We need it. And uh, something you need, audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au. For the best in audio-based equipment, we're talking headphones, microphones, gaming headsets, turntables, and everything else in between. We have been using their gear since day one and will continue to use their gear to day 10,000 because it is the best in audio-based equipment in the podcast and gaming and content creation sphere. So audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au. But until next week, 8-Bit Nation, it has been our pleasure to serve you episode 183. Anthony, thanks again for stopping on by. It has been an absolute freaking hoot. Be sure to check him out at DadBobPlays on all the socials and on Twitch. Show him some love because he needs it and he's a very handsome Thanks again, everyone. Thank you. So until next week, 8-Bit Nation, much love. Stay hungry. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.